The Giants take on the Jets Sunday. Someone must win. We break down the battle for the Swamps with our own New York Post Giants writer, Ryan Dunleavy. We're also joined by the legendary ESPN anchor, Linda Cohn. All that and more next on Blue Rush with the New York Post. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Blue Rush, a New York Giants podcast with the New York Post. I'm your host, Jimmy Fallon. Come join us for new episodes Mondays and Thursdays. We will take you inside the locker room, straight from our team of New York Post Giants writers. Today, we're joined by Ryan Dunleavy, who makes his debut on the pod. We'll also be joined every week by Giants players and other special guests. Today, it's the immortal, the lovely and talented ESPN great, Linda Cohn. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, let's get this thing rolling. So the Giants are squaring off with the Jets this weekend. That's a thing. There's no way out of it. We've called the league. I don't even know where to start with this game. Most Jets fans I know would jump off a building at this point, except for the fact that they don't like standing in long lines. I mean, it's been an ugly season uh, for both teams, but we're going to try to make this game pretty for you. And joining us now to do that, a sports beautician, if ever there was one. He is an NFL reporter for the New York Post. You can follow him on Twitter at Rye Dunleavy. The lovely and talented Ryan Dunleavy joins us on Blue Rush. Hey, Ryan Dunleavy. Hey, what's up? Nothing, man. Uh, history will record this as your maiden voyage on Blue Rush, and you made it. You picked a hell of a game to come here for, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think this game has about as much buzz as the preseason game. <laughs> I actually think, Ryan, that the preseason game had more because there was still some hope for these teams going into it, you know? We still had Eli to look forward to maybe. You know, I don't know what the heck we do now. Remember when Sam Darnold had all the promise coming into his second year after the great finish <laughs> to last year? And no one knew what to expect from Daniel Jones. Oh, he doesn't turn the ball over. He went four, ga- he went four preseason games without throwing an interception. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, so, it was fun. It's so yeah. funny because I'm literally at my son Lincoln's flag football game this weekend hearing his coach yell at the quarterback to hold the ball with two hands. And I'm like, which tells me Daniel Jones has been hearing that for the better part of 25 years and he's still holding the ball with one hand. Like, people, fundamental people, are having a hard time watching the Giants right now. I mean, if there's anything to be in this season, it's the beer guy at the Meadowlands at MetLife Stadium because those dudes <laughs> those dudes are cleaning up Ryan Dunleavy. Where, yeah. where does a guy like you even start with this game? I mean, what are, you, what are you thinking? I mean, we've got to watch it. It's our job. It's what we do. If we were betting this game, let's start there. Let's at least give this to the people. If we're betting this game, what, are you, what does Ryan Dunleavy do in a Jets-Giants? wager I think the Giants are better like mm-hmm. I, I've talked to I'm working on a big story for the Sunday Post and I talked to a bunch of people around the NFL and the consensus seems to be the Giants have the better roster right now the, they have the better quarterback right mm-hmm. now because Sam Darnold's regressing what do I think from a, you know like a betting standpoint I think the Giants are the better team I think the Giants win the game with these two coaches I don't know because Shermer <laughs> does some cra- Shermer does some crazy stuff like go for it on fourth and 15 from his own 25 <laughs> and, and Hayes barely even 
pays attention when the defense is on the field. It's like the anti-Rex Ryan, right? Yeah. Rex Ryan used to like only coach defense. Yeah. Like they should have been co-head coaches, maybe. Shermer coaches like he's playing you in Madden, and he has that trick play with the punt team. <laughs> yeah. Fourth and 16, yeah. but we're going for it because we have this punt glitch that's going to get us the first down. Well, it's funny. It's it's one of the rare times all year the Giants are going to get to be favored. Uh, it's The line is two and a half. You know, if, if I was breaking down both teams, I agree with you that I think the Giants are a lot closer than the Jets. Um, but if I was betting any money on this game, for like for real, for real, I'm betting an over-under on fire Adam Gase chance because I don't think any Jet fan is on board with this at this point. It's 1-7. in seven. I mean, he has complete control of the team. But losing to the Dolphins, I mean, I try to be nice about this, but imagine how you'd feel about hiring a school teacher who lost a spelling bee to the Kardashians. You know what I mean? You wouldn't be enthused, Ryan Dunleavy. I don't know. Does Adam Gase survive this season? I think he's he's a one-and-done. I think he's doing some co-tight stuff right now. For me, it's hard to fire. I know it just happened last year, right, with yep. Steve Wilkes. Mm-hmm. It just happened with Steve Wilkes of the Cardinals. To me, if he one-and-done in the NFL, it's just not enough time, especially if you have a young quarterback. Look, losing the Dolphins is atrocious. But <laughs> as somebody pointed out recently, uh, Kyle Shanahan started like 0-10 and had an even worse record after two seasons, and now every now he's the flavor of the year in the yeah, NFL. I that's mean, true. Everybody, everybody wants Kyle Shanahan. So, uh, I could give you the other side of that too, though, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what would Jared Goff be if they stuck with Jeff Fisher, who was yeah. a you know much more proven coach than either Shermer or Gase combined? Probably. I, I, I got to tell you, talking about Jeff Fisher, by the way, we had uh, Jim Fossil, ex Giants coach, on the show yeah. on Monday, and his son John Fossil is now coaching for the Rams, special teams coach, and he was the one guy to survive the purge when they fired Fisher yep. they fired Great 30 other yeah, yeah he's fantastic one of the best in the league and uh, I, I had no idea talking to Fossil um, because obviously I, I worshipped the Giants as a kid and, and watched that Super Bowl um, <laughs> unfortunately but uh, I had no idea like Fossil was an old school football badass and I didn't know that like in talking to him uh, that he he was an old school motivator like a tough love coach who gave people a mm-hmm. hard time and the point he brought up about this Giants team is he said uh you know we're in a position with daniel jones where he doesn't have the threat of benching to motivate him because he knows the you know the guy behind him is retiring so there's yep. no world where he's going to come off the field and it's probably whole it's probably one of the reasons he's regressing is because he's allowed to regress essentially do you think there's any world i've asked this of other guests do you think there's any world where the giants would actually just kick it back to eli for the hell of it or no well, remember, in 2004, mm-hmm. there was this game where Kurt Warner had to come in for Eli because yes. Eli was so bad against Baltimore yeah. that it was, it was like a, not a watchable NFL product. <laughs> and they had to put Kurt Warner in because Eli Eli's confidence was like you could tell. he was That was might have been the that, origination of the uh, Eli face. Can I jump and, in? That's funny. I just want to cut you off, though, because you used a term that needs to be acknowledged because it's really funny. The idea of them sitting down of a player and saying, no, no, listen, there's nothing against winning or losing. This is not a watchable NFL product. <laughs> yeah. This is You're costing us advertising money now, pal. This goes beyond the division. That's just funny, but continue. I'm sorry. I uh, so I talked to Kurt Warner this summer about it, Mm -hmm. and Kurt Warner said that after the game, he he went up to he went up to Coughlin and said, 
you have to make it known right away publicly, Eli's still your guy because it's otherwise it's going to be a week of Warner or Eli, and that's you know that's not what you want for a rookie quarterback. I don't see any world where Shermer does that. I even if it's you know, like I said, not a watchable product. Even if Jones's quarterback rating is hovering around zero, uh, <laughs> I don't I don't think that they're going to do that. It just doesn't make any sense. Do I think you'll see Eli Manning again? I do. I think in the home finale i think he'll play ceremoniously you know like a goodbye whether he starts or plays the second half yeah i think giants fans will see eli manning again but i don't think it will be a competitive situation that you see him well i think at this point we'd take archie manning if we could get him i mean (laughs) certainly yeah i mean peyton be great uh if he could stop stop doing commercials for five minutes man uh it's been uh, to me you know i am i'm a giant fan i get yelled at for saying we a lot on this show because it's just it's just there but Again, I've lost enough money betting on this team that I feel entitled to consider myself a part of the organization. Um, It's been the type of uneven season where, you know, any good news would be great at this point, but any bad news is exponentially worse by the fact that we're two and seven. The Sterling Shepard story, it seems to be crushing morale in the locker room because he's a guy everybody really likes. And now we're dealing with not only may he not be back this year, but there's concern with this concussion protocol that it could go beyond that. Um, In your experiences around the team, um, is this Sterling Shepard thing as big of a detriment as it's being made out to be? Yeah, let me attack that from two angles. One, one as a football player, Mm -hmm. it's a huge loss for the Giants because they only have so much talent. Like this team's not very good. The Mm -hmm. backups are not very good. Mm -hmm. So they're overly reliant on their starters to be good. And they haven't had Ingram, Shepard, Barkley, and Tate on the field at all for one snap, even in the preseason. Mm -hmm. So not having Shepard from a football standpoint is an enormous loss. He, I mean, he makes tough catches. He is, he might be Daniel Jones's favorite target. Like it's a huge loss. And it's a reason the offense isn't putting up the numbers we expect from a personal standpoint. It's a totally, it's a totally two way story. It's one, Players are really concerned for Shep because, look, he's a 25-year-old husband, father. We've seen what happened to, you know, other players. uh, Wayne Wayne Krabat, Al Toon, obviously in this market. Mm -hmm. Other players in the NFL who've had to retire early. Mm -hmm. You got to remember that he's, you know, he's a husband and a father. And to be 35 and not be able to remember your kid growing up is a really, really tough thing. And that's what Golden Tate said, point blank. He's like, that's what scares him. So there's also the aspect concern for Shep and then concern for yourself. And I don't mean that in a selfish way, but I mean that in a wake up call, you can watch the movie concussion. Mm -hmm. You can read the documents they hand you in an NFLPA meeting. Mm -hmm. But when the face of concussions is your smiling trash talking buddy in the locker next to you, it's a totally different reality. It is. It's, it's really tough. Although I will say as a parent, um, I wish I could forget some of my kids report cards. Because uh, Lincoln Fahler, <laughs> there is not a valedictorian speech in his future. But you never know. He might turn it around. That was my Jim Fossil old school tough love gambit I tried. <laughs> uh, Ryan Dunleavy, I really appreciate you joining us on the show. we got to do this again soon, man. Yeah, anytime. Uh, good luck with the game this weekend. I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll be watching. I don't know that I'm taking you up on that two-and-a-half-point bet. But again, I've followed Steve Serby's advice, and I still have one kneecap to show for it. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Thanks, man. Take his advice on fantasy. That's what I can yeah, say. Yeah, a good yeah i was gonna say if steve serby on fantasy football or if you're ordering at a diner he's perfect he's a great high in the sky beyond that i've, I've got to send in the punt team but thanks right we'll talk soon sounds good you're the best man take care before we hand it off to our guest linda Cohn, coming up next let's take you into the world of sam's fantasy with our new york post fantasy football writer samantha praviti 
Thanks, Jimmy. Here's hoping your teams are doing better than the 2-7 and seven Giants, because if they're not, you're probably getting eliminated this week in your league. Let's go through seven games in Week 10 and let you know who to start and who to sit. 2-6 and six Browns and the 6-2 and two Bills. Start Devin Singletary. He's a must-start this week now that he's pulled away from bet Frank Gore. The rookie has been favored heavily. Sit Jarvis Landry. The Browns' Wyatt has been a victim of Baker Mayfield's regression and only has one touchdown this year. Temper expectations against a Buffalo strong D. The return of Mahomes in the Music City? Start Derrick Henry. The big fella put up a pair of touchdowns last week. He gets a cupcake matchup this week against the Chiefs' poor run defense. Sit LaShawn McCoy. The veteran back had three attempts in comparison to Damian Williams' 12 last week. McCoy is a dart throw at best. Can Fitzmagic strike twice in Indy? Start Zach Pascal. He's got a stellar matchup this week against a Dolphins defense that has been like a fantasy cheat code. Sit Kalen Balage. He's done virtually nothing all year with a funky running back core in Miami. 19 yards last week? Yuck. It's the Kyle Allen Show at Lambeau Sunday and the rest of the year. Start Curtis Samuel. The wideout has awesome upside against the Packers defense that's been struggling against the deep ball. Sit Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Receivers not named Devontae Adams need to be benched, especially MBS who laid a goose egg last week. The Rams look to keep rolling in the Steel City. Start Cooper Cup. He went bananas in their last game with a career-high 220 yards and a touchdown. Cup of coffee choice here. Sit, Juju Smith-Schuster. He's got Jalen Ramsey all over him on Sunday. You're probably not in a position to sit him, but you probably wish you were. You like that? The Vikings are in Dallas. Start Dalvin Cook. He is the only member of the Vikings office that you can trust with Adam Thielen sidelined. Sit, Stefan Diggs. He had one catch last week for 12 yards. Ew. Even without the competition for targets from Thielen, he's a boomer bust. Can the Seahawks hand the 49ers their first loss on Monday night? Start Emmanuel Sanders. Sanders went off in his debut as a Niner with 112 yards and a TD. His name isn't Aaron Andrews, but it sure looks like he's got a true connection with Jimmy G. Sit, the 49ers defense. The Niners' defense is a top-notch unit, but they struggled in Week 9 against Arizona's air raid offense and faced potential MVP Russell Wilson. And that's a wrap for Sam's Fantasy. You can read my Start Sit articles and the rest of fantasy football coverage at nypost.com. The playoffs are weeks away, so go win. Joining us now on the line, not only is this next guest uh, the, the first full-time U.S. female sports anchor. That happened in 1987. Not only has she anchored 5,000 SportsCenter episodes and counting, but she is a diehard Giants, Mets, Knicks, and Rangers fan, which means she is drinking heavily these days. Please welcome the great <laughs> Linda Cohn to the show. How you doing, Linda Cohn? I'm doing great, but I'm not alone. People who root for these teams know what I'm talking about. Let's just say it's been frustrating. Uh, it's not easy. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I'm an, I'm I'm a Knicks fan, um, but only because on days when my dominatrix calls in sick, it's a uh, <laughs> <laughs> same level of torture, if you will. And uh, I don't know how you survive. In all honesty, I joked about you drinking, but I think there's a streak in all of us uh, who roots for these teams that does like uh, some type of I I don't know. There's some type of negative energy we all flock towards. Uh, what is it? What is it with you, Linda Cohn? How have you stuck with these teams all these years? Um, loyalty, you know. In every part of my life, I'm very loyal. Considering, you know, I've been in ESPN a million years, you know, 27 years, and you know, in uh, my personal life, I tend to be loyal as well. 
Um, and that's how I am with uh, my teams. I will never, even when they're unwatchable, even when they're not likable, I will still root for that uniform and logo, even if I don't like the guys in that uniform. I mean, it's just, I mean, and I think most New Yorkers, and obviously I was born in New York City, um, can relate to that. People that listen to your podcast can relate to that. They, You know, it's frustrating, as I mentioned off the top, but uh, you're fraudulent if you decide to jump somewhere else. <laughs> so you wouldn't support, like, fan-free agency if they gave us, like, an open season to transition between teams. You couldn't get behind that? Not teams. I can root for individuals on other teams, depending on what teams. Like, I do that in the NHL a lot because I host a national show in the crease on ESPN+. Plus. So I love watching Connor McDavid. I love watching Sidney Crosby. I love Austin Matthews. They're not on the Rangers. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I root for uh, great performances and great skill. Um, but when I, it's hard, I cannot root. Uh, it really depends on the situation if I'm going to root for another team. But there's no way ever I've rooted to the Cowboys or Eagles. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay, but, uh, but on an individual level, what you're basically telling me is wherever the fantasy hockey money is being bet, you can root for individual players. Yes, because it is the first time I've joined an ESPN fantasy hockey league, and I'll tell you, it's a lot of fun, you know, don't knock it until you try it. And it, and it is. And you know what? The only thing that stinks is, you know, I, I picked, uh, you know, a couple of Rangers on my team, Panarin, which has been good. And Mika's and Banajad, which as we speak now is still out with a concussion. So that's not great. But the point is, you know, it's, it's, it, it, you know what? It's good to have a backup plan. It's good to have something else to look forward to if your team stinks. Oh, you ain't kidding. Uh, I think we're all over here in Giantsville looking for that type of backup plan right now because this Blue Rush podcast uh, has turned into Blue Rushing for the Exits. We're 2-7 and seven now, and we're basically doing an audio self-help group twice a week. Uh, but, the te- <laughs> but the team itself, the team is, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're in a rebuilding mode, as we like to say. We have seen some encouraging signs out of Daniel Jones. Um, not everyone's crazy about Pat Shermer's play calling. Do you, Linda Cohn, see a world where Pat Shermer is coaching this team a year from now? No. And uh, I don't want to put it all on him, but a lot of it is on him. First of all, I was not a fan of benching Eli Manning after two weeks. Number one, I want to be clear. Thank you. I've been uh, saying that for um, weeks. Thank you. Go ahead, but continue. I said it when it happened. I mean, anyone who wants to look at, you know, my social media at Linda Cohn, they can see it. Um, you know, congrats to Daniel Jones beating two crappy teams the next two weeks. What I didn't like was um, what I don't like about Coach Shermer, unless he somehow changes his personality, I thought he, had, he was a little bit too smug. He was very smug, and I'm talking like as a fan here. I want people to be – I want to be very clear. You know, um, he was very smug when Daniel Jones uh, won two games against awful teams. Um, I'm not saying Daniel Jones doesn't have promise. I'm not saying that we, we have all seen some uh, moments from Daniel Jones, but what we've seen most is what I thought we were going to see, inexperience. I don't buy the rehab – the, the uh, rebuilding – situation there were about four games of this two and seven season that would have been won if Eli Manning was at quarterback I swear by it um I uh, you know so Jimmy I'm I mean I've been very passionate about it um you know I'm not saying it's all on Daniel Jones but look at the numbers nobody wanted to see it in the preseason how many fumbles he lost guess what's going on now a league high eight fumbles lost 16 turnovers 
All right. It's not an accident. It's fact. No, it's 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 interesting that you say that because I've been on this this show every week asking Giants players uh, and, and former Giant personnel. Uh, we had Jim Fossil on earlier in the week. He was just such a great time. But yeah. um, people are reluctant to criticize Giants management for this. But I am I with you in saying. I don't know why. Yeah. Why are they getting a pass? <laughs> why is Daniel Jones getting a pass? Well, there's no. The thing is, you know, there was a great article in the New York Post. Um, uh, Tiki Barber, of all people, you know, a guy who was plagued by fumbles until Tom Coughlin said either you stop fumbling or you're sitting. Yes. The thing is with Daniel Jones, is you know, it's a, there's no accountability. Yeah, there's no a, threat. There's no one. Right. There's no one threat. They're not going to put Eli Manning back. And honestly, I don't think I want them to because I think it. First of all, they never would admit they would make a mistake. So the net, you know, right. So he's he remains, you know, uh, collecting dust on the sidelines with his knit Giants cap, and his, you know, is his his five day growth on his face. And <laughs> you know, Eli. but you know, poor Eli. But the point is, that's what I don't like. I don't like. Let, let's give him a pass. Let's put him in a bubble. It's not his fault. Well, you know what? To, to Daniel Jones's credit, he says all the right things in the post game. You've heard it. You know, he takes responsibility. You know what? He takes more responsibility for his actions than the head coach does. And that's another problem I have with Shermer. He has yet to say it's on me. I've heard a Super Bowl winning coach, Doug Peterson of the Eagles, say, I have to coach better. I have yet to hear. I hear Bill, Bill Belichick say that in the rare times he loses. In the you know, rare times he opens set. his mouth in a press conference. Right, that too. But you know what? <laughs> He says it like it is. The coaching staff has to be better. Yep. The Giants coaching staff, led by Pat Shermer, mm-hmm. has yet to say this is on me. I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I think there's going to be a reckoning at the end of the season because they're lacking in too many areas. I don't think the Eli thing is going to resonate well with the fan base. At this point, I'm with you. I think we're almost endangering Eli's life if we put him behind that offensive line. I mean, because that's the one attribute Daniel Jones that's allowed him to stay upright, you know, in the limited nights that he has, is you got to run for your life back there right now because they're not blocking very well. Um, Well, I will say this. uh, First of all, it's a mystery to me why no one on that coaching staff is instructing Daniel Jones to slide. I think I've seen him slide once. Um, so, uh, you know, I hope to goodness that he has good health moving forward, but you know, the thing is Eli wouldn't have made uh, some of those questionable decisions and would have gotten the ball away quickly, uh, regarding some of those issues on the offensive line. But honestly, Jimmy, it's not all on the old line. And by the way, let's talk about the defense. Let's talk about in the trenches. Uh, the defense is not getting any better. It has had its moments first half against the Cowboys before, you know, the last two and a half minutes. Uh, we had a Patriots great strip sack against Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, that's what I mean. We were on the same page. They had its moments, but, you know, um, it, 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 the, the defense hasn't improved. And now I'm seeing, and I don't, you know what? It, are we shocked that some of these players are not going all out now that it's a losing season and they don't want to risk injury? Anyone who watches the game uh, and watch, them, watch this game all their lives like I have, you know, you can see where, like, you know, plays are not being made because they're afraid to, you know, injure themselves. Um, it's frustrating. I'm with you, Giants fans. Uh, it's tough to watch. And, and it's inexcusable because that game on Monday night was a winnable game. The Cowboys were saying, here, Giants, take it. 
Yeah, Thank they you. really were. They, they they don't like playing in the Meadowlands, but, you know, as I've said, it's never a good sign for your team when your leading rusher is a cat. You know what I'm saying, Linda? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and enough about the cat. Yeah, I mean, that and is it's everywhere. So we even silly. had to, you know, we've I've seen it all over the news, and, you know, it's really funny to me, but we got to this point as Giant fans now where there's this even-keeled divide where we've, we're part optimistic because we want to believe we picked the right guy. But at 2-7, and seven, there's another half of the Giants fan base that wants us to do an Arizona Cardinals where we tank the rest of the way and find our Kyler Murray and trade Daniel Jones down to the Dolphins. Like, I have heard. I am in these streets, Linda Cohn. I used to drive a taxi <laughs> in New York City, and the way this show's going, I'm probably going to be driving a taxi again soon. But no, I kid. But I am in these streets, and there is a lot of unrest in the Giants fan base, and uh, I, I could see this thing going either way. Like, if we look at a two, if we wind up with, let's say, a 3-13 and 13 season, is there a world in your, in your mind where Dave Gettleman would draft another quarterback, or do you think he's just too entrenched uh, in this pick? He's got too much invested. Uh, the latter. He is not going to admit they made a mistake, and he made a mistake. He has invested everything. I mean, he sat and benched. And he did because he, he and Shermer got together and said enough with Eli. So they have changed, you know, they have sat a, you know, in my mind, a future Hall of Famer down. And you know what? They are, that's it. it they would look so stupid. Now I'm not saying other franchises haven't looked stupid and continue to pick quarterbacks in the draft. And we know who those franchises are, but um, it'll be interesting. I just don't understand. And, and this game against the Jets, uh, the, the, this is, uh, this is like their Super Bowl for both franchises. Well, this giant jet game is actually uh, the no- expected to be the number one streaming event in Guantanamo Bay. This is what they're interrogating <laughs> prisoners with now. <laughs> oh, very you, funny. You confess, or we're going to show you another quarter of Jets, Giants. I mean, it has been a rough season over there, too. But I want to pivot into something positive and uplifting because we really are like a chicken soup for the football fan's soul at this point. Um, you know, you're a sports center superstar. You're beloved across the nation. Um, you've anchored over 5,000 sports centers. Is there, for you, a favorite This Is Sports Center commercial? Oh, that's cool. Those, first of all, uh, when I get the opportunity to do them, I am very grateful. Uh, I, it's fun. It's, uh, it's a long process. It really, you don't just go in there and shoot it and you're done. Um, you're there. It's a whole day affair. But it was fun doing one with Saquon Barkley at the time. And it's still, I mean, you know, he's still face of the franchise, all that. And he's a good kid. And it was great. Um, I've had so uh, moments, like when I first started way back when, uh, at ESPN, I, uh, it was the year after the Rangers won the cup and I did a couple of sports center commercials with Mike Richter, who was, since I was a goalie, um, that was a big thrill for me. I did one with Henrik Lundqvist. That was a big thrill. Um, I, but the, these, I've gotten a lot of great reaction from the uh, recent ones I've done with Portland's Damian Lillard, who's incredible. Um, and Jared Goff, uh, is great. He had a per- personality. I didn't even. You know, I didn't even know he had a big personality, but he's really a, a great guy, and he was great in the commercial. So, it came out yeah, good. It, I, yeah. I, I love the one where you get a shout-out in the Manny Machado commercial where he's anchoring That's, the day. That is – thank you. I'm so glad you brought that up, Jimmy, because I got to – I have to figure out – I got to post, keep posting those because that one is the best thing I ever did when I'm not in it. I mean, seriously. <laughs> the, that is the best 
nothing I've contributed without being in the spot. Linda Cohn can make plays without the ball. That's the, that's, <laughs> that's the type of star power we're talking about here on Blue Rush today. Um, is there, um, in all of these sports center anchors you've gotten the co-star with on these commercials, uh, is there anybody you like working with? Is there anybody that, I know they're all great in their own way, but is there a standout? Is like Charlie Steiner secretly like the Humphrey Bogart of Sports Center actors? Is there something we need to know? Oh, that's funny. Anyone who has to like Google who Charlie Steiner is of your young audience, uh, they can. But, um, you know, they're all, I, I'm sorry, it's cliche, but it's true. I mean, they're all great. I think um, I get the kick, and so do my colleagues, and I think I speak for them, where you can really kind of watch the athletes, you know, and see them in a different light and spend time with them in a different light. And I think that's the big thrill. And also you feel like you're, you know, on a movie set, so to speak, because it's in a big production crew. And, you know, if you just feel like a, it takes you out of your bubble, out of your element. And you also are, you know, you're not, you know, you're not, you know, you're not, you're doing something totally different. So they're all been great. So, I mean, I, they were, and I, I'm, I'm very grateful that I've worked with a lot of, amazing uh, people uh, at ESPN. Yeah, no, and we're, we're grateful for it. I mean, it's, uh, I'm of an age uh, where this was, you know, when SportsCenter was re- just really blew up. Um, you know, we're talking early 90s when things got really, really crazy. Um, right, that, and that's when we started the commercial. Yes, of course. You know, I mean, that turned everything around. Like, I joined in 1992, but the commercial started, I believe, like in 95, 96, and that was, that, really brought out our personalities and for the first time we felt we could bring them out um, because that gave us the free pass to do so and it really changed everything and it helped Sports Center uh, grow at mm-hmm. first onto the Yeah, team. I mean, it's it, at this point, I mean, you got to know that. You've become part of something that is really the fabric of America, you know, and it's it's iconic and it's cited in so many different forums and mediums and everybody knows what it is. So, I mean, I mean, if you're thinking about it this way, Linda Cohn, I mean, if there was like a Mount Rushmore of like anchors, you might get free tickets to visit it. No, I'm kidding. You'd be on it. You'd be on it. You'd be great. <laughs> You'd be fantastic. Thanks, Jimmy. I've heard that from some people, uh, not the free tickets, but probably a couple of people out there might think that. But uh, most people, and it's very, you know, I'm very, it's fabulous. You know, when I, yeah, it, you know, it's just like, hey, um, I, if I, I know I paved the way for these incredible young women um, who are out there now. And that, when I look back on it, honestly, Jimmy, that's the coolest thing. Because all I've been doing is living my dream and talking about sports and showing my fandom and not hiding my fandom and not, you know, which is something that maybe some other uh, sports forecasters, for whatever reason, they felt they want to do that and kind of cut the cord. I, I never cut the cord. Maybe that hurt me um, in many ways in my growth as a broadcaster. But you know what? I wouldn't do anything over. I really wouldn't. And, um, yeah, you know, because I – that was always the best thing for me. And I think that's why I connected to an audience and still do because I'm a fan first. And also I respect the athlete. And so those two things have uh, real, if you ask me, you know, what is the reason for your longevity? I believe those are the two big reasons because those two issues, those two uh uh, philosophies yeah. never left. And, you, and you know, you never got swept up in all the glamour and glitz of the nightlife in Bristol, Connecticut. Ah, that's right. <laughs> really, I'm probably one of the few. 
<laughs> Fun town if ever there was one. Um, yes. <laughs> no, but we, we really, no, we really laugh over here at, at the concept of all of this. But I wanted to pivot to your uh, podcast real quick on ESPN Plus in the crease. You're ta- are you talking straight hockey? Is that what's going on? No, it's not a podcast. It is a highlight show. Oh, come uh, on, Linda just, Cohn. That's even better. No, no. Fancy. Every night. No, it's every night. Every highlight. Um, everything you need to know. And me doing the highlights. And sometimes we get Barry Melrose to chime in. But uh, I have a lot of sarcasm to put forth, and I do so. So, you know, every game uh, in the NHL every night, and when I'm not able to, like when I'm on vacation like I am this week, um, there are other wonderful hosts that fill in for me. So uh, it's great. Anyone who loves hockey and uh, like real highlights, like the old fashioned sports center highlight, that's what you're going to see on ESPN plus in the crease. Who was, I need to know this. uh, Who was the better ice hockey goalie? You or Matt and Rayum? You mean Manon Rayom? Obviously. I'm not French. You hear this accent. That's as good as I'm going to get. It's (laughs) okay. It's all right. It's all right. Well, obviously her, because she got to play the preseason game with the Tampa Bay Lightning. But I did get to try out for the Florida Panthers. And I did, yeah. uh, You know, you just have to Google me, Jimmy. Oh, I'm way ahead of you, Linda Cohn. All right. Okay. (laughs) But uh, when they were having a promotion, it was kind of fun. So I was out there on the ice. I did pretty well, but I did not make the team. Oh, look at you. Well, you could probably make the Islanders or the Rangers now. I mean, if you really felt I don't know. The Islanders are really on a good run. I wouldn't make that team. Yeah, it's true. uh, They're good. They were actually – go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. I think that the goaltending is not either team's issue right now. So even with the Rangers, it's not their issue. So they got other problems. You know, I I have noticed this, though, as as someone who frequents sporting events. um, You know, like the blue seats in the garden used to be a pretty wild place. But beer has gotten so expensive that when they have fights now, nobody throws beer anymore. It's like you're, <laughs> you're more likely to get hit by like an iPad mini or like an engagement ring because the beer, I guess, is just too much money. Uh, what do you mean? There's still fights at the garden? Come on. Come on. <laughs> Linda Cohn, bringing the A game, bringing the sarcasm. We thank you for being on today. This really was a big deal for us. So really, thank you so much. Anytime, and continued success to you, and I'm glad you're not driving a cab anymore. <laughs> you really find out what you're made of. It's the toughest division <laughs> in sports when you're driving in New York City. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> next time, if I, if I bring my jersey out of the rafters, I'll let you know. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Linda. Appreciate it. You got it. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode of Blue Rush. Thanks to our producer, Jake Brown, for making the magic happen. To hear the latest Blue Rush episodes, be sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. You can find more Giants news by signing up for our daily New York Post sports newsletter and by visiting NewYorkPost.com. We'll be back on Monday with a joint Giants-Jets special show with Paul Schwartz and Brian Costello after the Super Bowl. We'll see you Monday.